Welcome back to Vulcan Hello, the Incomparables Star Trek Discovery Flashcast. I am one of your hosts, Scott McNulty. I am joined, as always, by Jason Snell. Jason, hello. Hello, Scott. I traveled uh, forward in time from (laughs) earlier today where I watched this episode to be with you. Oh, I, I have to capture you. Yes. Uh, so I must uh, vent you have, the oxygen from this room. You have you have ensnared me in your time bubble Ooh. by uh, suffocating yourself, <laughs> as as you do. It's it's common sense, people. This is just how it works. And after you do that, you know what you need: a refreshing cup of tea. You do, uh, and thanks to our sponsors, the New Mexico Tea Company, nmtco.com slash TV. Fill out the survey. Use uh, the code, I think it's TREK, for 15% off. And uh, thank you to them for sponsoring us this whole time. Also, incomparable memberships. Mm-hmm. We have now posted all three episodes of our uh, Random Trek uh tpk crossover where we all play <laughs> where you're the game master and i'm the captain of the mm-hmm. uss incomparable and uh we had an adventure involving wine <laughs> tachyons and romulans mm-hmm. what it's, could be better it's it's a it's a heady cocktail of it, delight <laughs> it is it is it's like a wine cooler a romulan wine cooler one part romulan ale two two parts vulcan wine oh. and also a just a dash of tachyons. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, theincomparable.com slash members to become a member and support The Incomparable. And you get a bunch of stuff, including uh, plenty of extra episodes of things, including all of our crazy Star Trek uh, role-playing <laughs> episodes that we did. That's right. And I don't know if people listening uh, to this podcast care about The Orville, but you'll also get uh, a podcast where Jason and I talk about a couple of episodes of The Orville in yes. uh, our patented TV talk manner. Mm-hmm. That's right. We talk about The Orville. And um, I'm going to just, again, for those who are very excited, give you a little spoiler here. <laughs> we didn't like it. No. Continue to not like it, <laughs> yep. sadly. Yep. Uh, but we gave it a chance, and that's what the people wanted. I, I guess. guess. I don't know, really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the people want. They, uh, I don't, they want us to suffer. <laughs> I guess so. But uh, now I know the people who are listening to this want us to get to Star Trek Discovery Talk. So Yes. Uh, episode 10. The episode Red 10, Angel. The Red Angel. It is what it says on the tin. We find out. Uh, you know, I, I will say this is what? There are 13, 14 episodes? 14 episodes. Of, 14 we have episodes. four more okay. left after this week. So I think that one of the things I really like about Discovery is that they're, they're kind of keeping it at a clip. They they started this mystery, who's the Red Angel? Uh, you would think, well, maybe we'll find out at the end of the 14th episode, maybe the 13th episode, a cliffhanger. Uh, but no, you know, they, they have an episode called The Red Angel, and we find out who the Red Angel is, and uh, perhaps we don't know what the Red Angel's mission is, right? Uh, but we know now who it is. That's the big reveal at the end of the episode. Yes, and I will I will say that I figured it out. Um, at, uh, midway through the episode, I figured you, out what the what the end was going to be. You're you're, you're borrowing David J. Lore's notebook full yes, of I, secrets. I am. Well, I had you know me, Scott. I actually was making not knowing how the episode would end. I was making a list of uh, wild <laughs> theories to share with <laughs> mm-hmm. you, and that was I had a new theory, and 
then the episode of the end the episode ends and i'm like oh well that was my theory <laughs> so i couldn't even get to the podcast because the episode oh, confirmed no. my theory so i guess i uh, i just have to go back to i figured it out before they showed it to us well there you go and let's not uh, beat around the bush people who are listening to this should have already watched the, the red angel and the red angel uh this episode so one of our leading theories i'm going to beat around the bush a little bit more All right. it was that uh the red angel was michael burnham mm-hmm and which so which episode, does go against the reason of like how would the so this is my thought process and then, then we'll ha, we'll have beaten all the way around the bush and we'll reveal the red angel which is hiding <laughs> behind a bush this whole time. Yes. Um, my thought process was wait a second it can't be Burnham from the future because she uh, saving herself doesn't make any sense right like her going back in time so she doesn't die doesn't actually make sense which i tried to explain to the characters during this entire episode and they didn't listen to <laughs> they, me they weren't paying attention it doesn't to you, make Jason. sense because she would not need to save herself because of the grandfather paradox that's how that works is like she can't go back in time to make sure she doesn't die because she's already alive it would be the other way around or somebody else from the future could be protecting her mm-hmm. and 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 so then we get to the moment where they say where leland uh reveals that section 31 um <gasps> had, had was actually her parents were scientists working for section 31 building uh, a time travel device and the red angel is actually this as is revealed here this project daedalus was actually a time travel device uh, that that burnham's parents were working on and they ended up getting killed i i have some issues with that but i had a moment where i thought to myself what and, and the, that the mother that her mother was a a brilliant scientist who was working on this project and i thought huh i wonder <laughs> if what if we've been looking at this all wrong and that what the red angel is is actually her mother from the past going forward in the suit and protecting her daughter at various points on her timeline going forward. And, uh, yeah, in the Red Angel suit at the end of the episode is Kima from The Wire, <laughs> an actor named Sonia Son. But she, those who watch The Wire will know that she is Kima. And uh, she's Burnham's mom. So that uh, crazy theory I was going to bring to the table here <laughs> did not get there because it's totally Burnham's mom. It, it, the story checks out. Yeah. I will say that uh, I totally fell for what this episode was leading me to, which is that Burnham was in the suit. And I was like, okay, that confirms our theory. Uh, let's see how they've worked this out. Uh, and uh, it wasn't Burnham. The, the, when, like, they, oh, when, when they mentioned the mom, <laughs> the mom being a brilliant a person, I was thinking already about how I did, I was, I'm not sure that the grandfather paradox works in that direction. I had that moment of like, well, she was working on time travel. She could go forward. And then I, I thought back to that line that Spock has about, oh, well, we checked the mental, you know, brainwave or whatever. And I thought, yeah, a mom and a daughter could probably have very Pretty similar close. brainwaves. You could, you could fudge that. And it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's exactly what it was doing. But yeah, they, they, they leaned hard into the fact that it was very definitely Burnham in order mm-hmm. to get everybody hooked so that then they could twist it at the end. It and worked you on me. Are a sucker. I'm a <laughs> guilty as charged. Uh, I should have figured it out though, because Marisa, I was watching it with my lovely wife Marisa, uh, and as they were talking about one of the things is, oh, they let's build this device so we can capture the Red Angel and ask 
her what's up yeah it's like um, a leprechaun and, trap <laughs> it is uh and and so but marisa says well they can't they shouldn't be having these discussions in front of michael burnham if michael burnham is the red angel because then the future michael burnham will know what they're talking about right and then she won't show up where they want her to exactly uh, i had that i, thought, I, I had that, that point sense. all the way through which is if dr culber is there ready to save her the red angel if the red angel is traveling from if the future is that the Red Angel knows that that he'll save her, and therefore he won't save her, which I think is what they were trying to do with Spock, sort of mm-hmm. interceding. It's like, no, I'm going to let her die. And they're like, oh, um, because I think uh, that's the suggestion there is that Spock knows that if this is going to be read by the future, she actually needs to die. And then in the future, she's dead, and, and the Red Angel goes, oh, no, I can't be dead. I'm me, and goes back in time. <laughs> and that's what, they're, that's what they're trying to get at there. It's actually very similar to a bunch of plots that we, were, we just recorded yesterday, um, a forthcoming incomparable episode about the tv show travelers which is a time travel show Mm -hmm. very similar kind of idea of that you uh that you 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 know in the future that the person died and then you can travel back in time and um so i i was frustrated by that too so but in the end um the twist suggests that it's way more complicated than everybody thought it was and and that's uh that's good that's good. Yeah, we need some more complications in this show. Everything's such so straightforward uh, so far, so we need a lot more complications. Uh, <laughs> and we need more Section 31 shenanigans, mm. uh, because everybody loves Section 31. I actually like Section 31, but I know that it is a, a sticking point for some folks, um, because they are kind of a through point, a through thread throughout I, the whole series, which some people are not enjoying. I but, just don't uh, know know what the... I, I'm I not the sure they've been is. consistent with Section 31. 31 is the problem is that they are kind of made out to be villains and you know leland is going to use use a technology from the mirror universe to break spock's brain in order to get the information they need but then when the um when they blow up the you know ai that's in the computer the control computer they're like oh they're fine now we sent a message to to tell them to to clean their ships up and now they're fine i'm like they're not fine like i I just i've been frustrated by the inconsistency with section 31 like they're they're villains when they need to be they're not when they when they need to be around for plot reasons i i I don't, I'm not for or against them, but I don't like how inconsistently mm-hmm. they've been handled. Well, I, I explain this away by uh, saying that the people, regular Starfleet people, don't really understand Section 31 people. So they're like, I don't really get how these people think about the universe, right? The universe, there's right and there's wrong, and everybody agrees. Uh, so Section 31 was clearly being led astray by this AI, so we fix that, and now they'll be back to right and wrong. But I think that the fundamental misunderstanding is the AI was a problem, but the, the people who are in Section 31 work in the gray area and they're very comfortable there and they're doing what they think needs to be done and and using whatever tools they find uh to their benefit and that doesn't really compute with other starfleet people i'm just saying starfleet uh, they're mm-hmm. dumb and uh section 31 is able to weasel their way in uh yeah, and just, they have cool ships i just had that moment where i thought okay you had literally had a person on the discovery who was taken over by this ai <laughs> and yet in a line of dialogue this episode says i think cornwell says well we told uh section 31 and they ran diagnostics on the other yeah. ships and so it's fine now and i'm like it's all fine I don't, I don't, and, and, and then, you know, what happens later in the fun. episode is Leland gets needles in the eyes, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it's not fine. 
Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Unless that's how the uh, the retinal scanners work in Star Trek. Very uh, primitive. It's more of a blood scanner, but they tell you yep. it's a retinal scanner. I mm-hmm. wouldn't. I'd have a hard time using that periscope. Is what I'm it's saying. Like when, when you go to the eye doctor and they're like, "There's going to be just a puff yeah. of air on your eye, but it, nothing's going to touch your eye," and you're like, oh, "I don't know." Yeah. I, I, who's going to use a periscope that might stab you? <laughs> Not me. It's, a, it's, it's like a 20% chance. Mm-mm. No, no, that's Russian Periscope. That's a very bad game. I don't want to play it. Uh, I did I did enjoy the scene of him uh, getting his eyes poked out, though, because um, uh, I thought, <laughs> oh, no, because uh, he goes, oh, I have to. It's very strange. He has to go to another room to turn off the security overrides for some buffer overflow or something. I don't yeah, know. It doesn't I don't make know. any sense. Uh, but he has to use the little retina scan. And then it says, you know, system offline. And he's like, ugh. And then it's like, no, system's back online. He's like, all right, I'll uh, just stick my eyes in here everything should be fine uh and then he gets killed by the uh, ai that has not been cleaned off their ship one assumes presumably uh, be- i don't know if he's the- dead or just uh you know horribly wounded but yeah <laughs> but he's certainly not the voice who told ash tyler to close the uh black hole so definitely uh, not yeah it's 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 the ai but yeah that's the big reveal we we started at the end because that is much like the the red angel we can skip about in mm-hmm. time that's right uh but the, the episode starts with uh, a nice moving uh, funeral for Arium. Arium? Is that Arium. Name? Arium. Uh, everyone says nice things. Discovery loves voiceovers, so people are talking about how nice Arium is, and uh, echoes of Spock's funeral in right. uh, uh, Star Trek II, which I enjoyed. Yes, there's music here, too. It is Saru uh, singing, although he is, oh, he is yes. very clearly dubbed in. <laughs> the the, the, the lip sync is not that great, but there's Saru sings a Kelpian song, and... Um, Detmer mentions her augmentation, which I think uh, mm-hmm. I thought was a nice touch because when we meet Detmer in the first two episodes on the Shenzhou, she is perfectly normal human. But the battle of the binary stars, she got wounded and now she's got the one different eye and the thing on her face. Mm-hmm. And she says that Arium, you know, she and Arium had talked about that and that she was, you know, she the, her augmentation doesn't need to define her or whatever. And I, I, I thought that was a nice moment. Also... As somebody, you are somebody who is in uh, in IT. I thought you really appreciated an important lesson we learned here, which is always erase the hard drives before you throw <laughs> them away. Yes, it's. The, I was a little confused at first about why are they erasing all of her memories. Then I realized, oh, that's right, she was uh, infected with an AI. So that's, yeah. this is a good. Uh, it was surprising because it's a and, good infosec and move. And she she downloaded all of the the red murder ball data into her head. So if they had just ejected her into space, somebody could have come along and gotten all that data. Oh, so you wipe Klingons you wipe her hard drive first. First off, you take off the lid off of the top of her head, which she has apparently. Yes, and then you see her metal brain. Uh huh. And then they erase her memory, and then. You can shoot. You can either take a sledgehammer to her head, or mm-hmm. just put her in a in a capsule and fire her into space. Either right. You can also put her in the microwave, uh, but oh. I don't recommend that. Yeah, it's messy, especially if <laughs> you're going to make soup later. Exactly, uh, or a burrito. Uh, yeah, and then they shoot her into space, as is, uh, I guess, Starfleet custom. Just shoot your dead people into space. Uh, you would think they'd shoot them into a star or something. Yeah, I, I was sort of uh, thinking that they must be shooting it into an orbit where it's going to decay around the planet and burn up in the atmosphere, and that's that. It, it I, serves I the same purpose. It's fine. Uh, but I did like Tilly says she was my friend, and I was like, oh, that's so nice. Uh, I know the way I'm saying it, it sounds like I'm mocking it, but I knew I, I do actually think it was very nice and a nice scene yeah. uh, of. Uh, them saying goodbye to uh you character we hardly knew yes. 
Uh, but it, and then, yeah, they, they quickly say, you know, we erased her because uh, the control AI and uh, we told the Section 31 ships, as Jason, you mentioned earlier, you know, scan your hard drives. That's right. Uh, and everything's fine Maybe now. Maybe virus, it's all fine. Mm-hmm. Everything's good. And, uh, and now they have to figure out, well, who the heck, how do we, what are we going to do about this Red Angel stuff, man? Um and that's they had this uh, one of my favorite scenes is they're having the in their ready room uh pike and uh the admiral and michael burnham and spock they're all talking about what to do uh and tilly comes in and she says oh i'm sorry i should have knocked but uh, these doors open themselves <laughs> yes. so it's really hard to knock before yeah. i come in <laughs> that's good and i thought oh tilly <laughs> yeah that's right just question the whole premise of the show um and she she's the one who reveals hey we found a uh, file in Arium's brain called mm-hmm. Project Daedalus, and in there is a bioneural signature of the Red Angel, and it matches Burnham, and that's our big reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to... So, I think it's interesting that they did this so quickly, and I, but I found the pacing very perplexing. Like, at the end of the previous episode, it's all laid out like it's a mystery. Like, we're going to have right. to find out what Project Daedalus is, and we need to find out, you know, more clues about who the Red Angel is. And, like, mm-hmm. literally before the opening credits, Tilly just walks into a meeting and says, <laughs> oh, we found it, and it's you at the end. And I yep. thought, that is really strange, and I don't think I like it. Like, I, I just, I don't think... I don't know. I, I, I was frustrated by a lot of stuff early in this episode where it felt like a lot of things were happening because the show needed them to happen because they wanted mm-hmm. to get to the end of the episode and have right. that shocking reveal. And this felt very much like uh, an episode where events were um, were built backward in order to get the, to get you. the result, but mm-hmm. didn't necessarily make sense. And this is, and it starts at the beginning here where uh, what we've been set up as being this great mystery is literally just <laughs> handed to us with no effort at the very beginning of the next episode. I, I agree. I, I, I didn't have a problem with them finding the, the bioscan and figuring out that Burnham was the red angel. Cause they were kind of thinking that anyway, cause Spock kind of, sensed it maybe but then you know project daedalus they're like oh what's that and then along comes leland and georgiou and they're like oh project daedalus uh dubs, we didn't we didn't mention this before but it's totally us we had a time travel suit did we not say that yeah. before did we not mention that this red angel we've all been following is literally the schematics of the time travel suit we built uh 20 oh. years ago oh our bad <laughs> and that that was the part i had the, the i understand why they did it, but I just think, come on, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't Section 31 or somebody know about this other than also, Section 31? Oh, and I'm going to pile on a little bit, because on top of that, um, it works with micro wormholes, which is not a thing that we've talked about in terms of time travel in Star Trek at all, but I guess you just have to go with it. There are many different ways to travel, and micro wormholes is one of them. The part that really, really bothered me, and it comes up twice, is twice they refer to how a, a key component of Project Daedalus is a time, time crystal. crystal. Mm-hmm. A time crystal. Like, and I thought, okay, like, do they grow somewhere and there's a time crystal or was it invented? And then, and I thought it was really weird and not very good. And I put a bunch of question marks in my notes. And then uh, later Leland says, well, the reason your parents got killed Burnham is because we had to steal a time crystal from the Klingons. And I thought to myself again, a time crystal. <laughs> like I would have, I, I would have rather it had been something totally 
scientific. This is a place where you could either go less techno babble or more techno babble, and I would have been okay with it. So they could have said, oh, there's this one element that is required and we didn't have it and the klingons did and we stole some of it mm-hmm. or they could have uh you know had obfuscated it more but by calling it a time that felt very doctor who to me in the sense that it's just like we just like there's magic in star trek all of a sudden like a time a time crystal is not a thing that has ever been established in Star Trek. I, it, I, I wanted it to be more scientific, and it just seemed like nonsense and, and like lazy nonsense. Almost like they left something in the script they they had meant to tech up later and <laughs> just right. never got around to it. Replace time crystal with something better. Because <laughs> like dilithium, the idea there is, well, there's lithium, and, and that's an element. And dilithium, what's that? I don't know. It's science, but it's different, and it's super important. I get that. But uh, a time crystal is just like, we just, I don't know. It felt really lazy and... And not Star Trek to me, and it kind of took me out of the whole um, description of this. Like, I like the idea mm-hmm. that secret uh, a secret part of Starfleet was terrified that the Klingons were going to invent time travel and go back and eradicate them, and so they were they were there was an arms race, and they and and Burnham's parents were part of it, and that's all fine. But then there's this like ah, but then the secret time crystal was discovered. <laughs> no, uh, we reject your time crystals. Although, uh, did they mention time crystals in that episode with uh, Harry Mudd, where he keeps going back in time to to kill the discovery over and over again? I don't know. His uh, thing was powered by something. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, I don't. It know. It was equally ridiculous even then. So, but now it was. I, I agree with you. They kind of built it up to the drama, and they're like, "Oh, we needed these uh, special time crystals." You can imagine a Klingon saying, "They're always chasing after me, time crystals." <laughs> Yeah, now I'm, I'm doing so. I'm doing a Google search, and there is actually a thing called a time crystal, um, but it, you know it does not use time travel, is what I'm saying. What? So my <laughs> guess is that this maybe maybe they decided to use a thing just like they took Paul Stamets, who is a real mycologist, and oh. kind of like extrapolated from that that uh, there is a time crystal state of matter. But I will I will I will just say again. Um, the way it's handled here is like uh, it's magic, and uh, I don't like that. And you're right; it was referenced in that Harry Mud episode. Ah, see, there you go. So uh, stop sending I, us emails about that Harry yeah, Mud episode. But I, but I don't. But I don't like it. Like I just I don't I don't like the waving away of oh it's a time crystal. I just used a time crystal, and then just, everything is easy. Like I, I just it feels wrong to me. That's that's all. It just struck me as wrong. I agree. I mean, there are any number of ways they could have done it without saying time crystal. It could have been something else like Timonium or something that yeah. only is on this Klingon planet, I, and that's why. I love that it's a real thing. The problem is it sounds like a fake, <laughs> dumb thing. <laughs> that's right. So you need to... They should have called it a space-time crystal. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Totally a, man, a, a, a certain... Or, or, you know, I would have accepted, like, you know, it, t- it took a, you know, only a level three time crystal can be used as a part of this uh, right or it's like oh, well, oh three yeah, times crystal, classifications but <laughs> yes. they, they didn't do that anyway anyway that that no. really bugged me like uh hey all we need is this magic rock and then we could t- travel in time that we put it in our suit and everything's fine but it didn't work out uh yep. so oh, I, did, well. I did like the 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 klingons were looking into time travel i also like the moment when leland said they would you know they're a warrior race they go back and eradicate us and then he turns to uh ash tyler and says uh, no offense yeah and, sorry uh, ash is like uh, no no they would have done that they totally would have done <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> And Spock is very confused. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, but yeah, time crystals, we, we don't like them. 
Yeah, so, I, I just I, it didn't it, I didn't enjoy that part of it where there was a lot of hand waving about oh we tried to make a thing but then we needed a special thing and I don't know I didn't I didn't like that but I was not uh, again with with between that and section thirty one I felt like this episode you know again was just trying to make me swallow like, a whole bunch of weird uh, things we that I didn't end, I didn't really buy in order to get to that to that end point. Also, can I ask you about the scene uh, that I mean Tilly. I feel like Tilly spoke for all of us when she said what just ha- happened mm-hmm. when there's that whole scene where weird. where Giorgio is kind of like getting way too close to Stamets and uh and I I think what we're supposed to take from that is she's trying to in her own inimitable way to get Culber to reengage and feel some mm-hmm. jealousy and and to sort of like emotionally engage and so she's talking about how uh, oh in the mary universe Dammit's uh and culber were more pansexual and they had uh uh basically like she says like defcon level fun which we are meant to believe is orgies essentially i imagine and uh and uh and they're like no and she's like yeah no and then she leaves and and tilly's like what was that like which i agree what was that perplexing perplexing scene but i guess it it does serve the purpose of i i think we're meant to believe that she's helping in her in in her own strange way uh yeah i think they're they're trying to move georgiou from uh you know maniacal crazy emperor into you know maniacal helpful emperor <laughs> yeah like i was thinking um in contrast with since we get burnham's mom at the end of this episode i i would say um maybe they're trying to turn Giorgio into like yeah like this is burnham's uh completely wacky murderous um mom like she's a mother figure in her own Mm -hmm. way but but the way you express feelings and anything in the mirror universe is so messed up that it comes across as incredibly strange but it did seem like they're trying to make her feel like Again, like not that she's ready to strike and she's going to the, the moment that you least expect it, she's going to kill you. They want you to feel here like, no, she actually has uh, human feelings of a sort. But uh, the way she expresses them is incredibly bizarre. That that's right. sort of what I think they were getting at with this scene and also the scene with the scenes she has with Burnham in this episode. Yeah. And I was just going to say, because she has a couple scenes with Burnham where Burnham basically is like, OK, I'm the Red Angel. Uh, Section 31 created the suit but I don't think you're telling me the whole story. Uh, and Leland's like, well, we're telling you enough, so take it or lump it. And then he leaves. Uh, and so she talks to George Yu, and she's like, hey, George Yu, I know you, know you want me to trust you, so I'm giving you an opportunity to earn my trust. Tell me the deets, yo. Uh, and uh, that's how the kids talk, Jason. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and, and she says, uh, you gotta, you got to talk to Leland. Leland knows mm-hmm. more than he's telling, and you got to talk to him. And that's when he admits about the, the suit and all of that and her parents and, and gets uh, punched uh, twice. Twice. One, well, for, one each for each parent. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I like that because uh, I think he earns two punches for that. I think so. Uh, and and then and then uh, she goes later and gets her kind of anger out in the gym and Spock walks in with another one of those great lines, which is, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure Captain Leland is happy that you're taking it out on the polyurethane <laughs> dummy instead. But I would have found it quite satisfying to watch you punch Leland. <laughs> like, you know, all right. Good. Yeah, I also like I like Burnham and Spock together. I like their scenes. They're continuing this kind of, you know, fraught brother 
sister relationship. All the I, as I mentioned this to Marisa, all the relationships in Discovery are very complicated. Yes, uh, Spock and Burnham have a complicated relationship. Burnham and Georgiou have a complicated relationship. Uh, Pike uh, has a complicated relationship with everyone because he's the new guy. It's it's all very complicated. Um, but I do like uh, the the you know Spock is basically trying to help her figure out you know uh, work with because you know the thing. Burnham forever thought it was her fault that her parents died, right? Because she thought, oh, I wanted to, we were on that planet for longer than we should have because I wanted to see this star go supernova. So it's my fault that my parents died because if we had left when we were supposed to, the Klingons wouldn't have been there. But then, you know, Leland basically says, you had nothing to do with it. This is another example of you taking responsibility for things that you have no control over. Uh, and uh, your parents were there making this time travel machine. Uh, and uh, the Klingons killed them because they had the time crystal that they were tracking that I thought they couldn't track. And uh, it's all my fault. Uh, and Spock is basically like, look, it wasn't your fault. So, uh, yeah, be happy. Good news, I guess. <laughs> Your parents are still dead, but it's not your fault, yeah. as you knew. Uh, and I did like that. That also comes up again when you know everyone says, "Well, if Michael Burnham's in the suit, why is she? Why is she doing this?" And Spock is like, "Well, it fits her emotional profile. She uh, feels like she's responsible for things that she can't control, and so she'll do these kinds of things." And uh, Burnham's like, "Thanks, Spock." Yeah, in front of everybody. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, and and this, you know, at this point in the in the episode is where there's the um, they come up with their ridiculously stupid plan which is what oh, if yes. we kill what if we kill burnham <laughs> uh, because spock has figured out that that the times that the red angel comes are uh, unannounced are when, are when burnham is in danger yes and so what i what I, we need to do is kill her and then that'll <laughs> that'll teach the red angel and, and or make the red angel come out and burnham's like all right let's uh okay let's do that uh, which leads to that countdown where everybody's like, no, no, we can't, we're all softies, we can't let her die. Can't let her die. Spock gets his face around and is like, nope, we're going to let you die, which leads to a great moment where Pike shouts over the communicator, damn it, Spock, stand down. And I was like, oh, we got a damn it, Spock. That's great. I love it. You have to have a damn it, Spock. And they do the thing where Pike says, well, just beam her up. Duh, this will solve everything. Right. Uh, and know, the, the it, interference. Doesn't, it doesn't work. There's no way, which is that that's Spock's idea, right? It's like basically... This needs to be legit, and mm-hmm. and I, I think that part is that part of of this stupid plan is smart. <laughs> is Spock's part of it? I want to point out, by the way. So Arium is dead. They fired mm-hmm. Arium's corpse off into space. Uh, I will okay. point out that her replacement comes onto the bridge, and there's a moment where they welcome Lieutenant Nelson to the bridge, and it's mm-hmm. kind of emotional because she's taking Arium's spot. What is hilarious about that is that the actress who plays Lieutenant Nelson was Arium Buzz last Arium. season. <laughs> Taught the new Arium actress how to press all the buttons, and now has been returned to the bridge as a new character in the exact same spot where she was for all of season one. As if they planned it this way, I guess. It's, it's shocking. Do uh-huh. you think, Jason, that she just said, "You know what? Uh, I don't want to put on I that can't... makeup just to stand in the background." Yeah, I can't wear. The, I can't wear that makeup anymore. And they said, "Hey, I've got an idea. Let's." You know, we'll do a new Arium and kill her, and then you can be on the bridge without the, the makeup. And she's like, great, that, let's do that. It must take that. a couple of hours, at least, to yeah. get all that stuff so, put on you. And, and Arium really did nothing didn't do in, a, in the first season. No, no, exactly right. Just was a, a, who's the weird robot on the bridge, basically? Which turns out half robot. We didn't know. Half. Didn't she's know. only half robot. But now we do, we were, and she's We dead. were foolish and young. Uh, yep, and now, she's, uh, and, and now she's back without the makeup, so great. Yes. Uh, I do like, at the, the point at which Burnham is dying, everybody's like, oh, wait, 
uh, something we had not considered. What if this doesn't work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great idea. In fact, I was thinking. So, I, one, a movie that I really love is The Abyss, and there's a scene in The Abyss where. Um, Spoilers for a movie from 1989, but um, mm-hmm. there's a scene where a character, there there are two characters in a flooding um, submarine, basically, habitat, and they have one oxygen tank. And the idea is in cold water, people can survive having drowned for some amount of time because the brain kind of shuts down. And this is like kids who mm-hmm. fall on the ice in ponds and things like that. And so mm-hmm. the, the idea in the plot is basically one of the characters has to agree to drown and then the other character will take the oxygen and their dead body with them and swim to a new location where there's air and then revive them. But the person has to basically die, has to drown in order for this to happen. And I was reminded of that in this scene in a good way, except for one thing, which is the way it's structured, it's entirely voluntary. And I kind of wanted it to be, I don't know how they would have architected this differently, but it would have been interesting if they had kind of, you know, instead written this story into a situation where, um, suddenly, you know, letting Burnham die was critical in some other way. And it also summoned the red angel, but instead it's this Mm. weird, like, we're building a mouse trap for the red angel and uh and then and then the moment that she starts to having like stuff on her face and is screaming in agony they're like oh wait this is a bad idea <laughs> like, oh, wait wait she's she's actually gonna die this now? i didn't i wasn't i wasn't signing up for that now you're thinking what were you thinking it was gonna be like you just you go hello red angel see what we're doing here you better come out i don't know i i, I assume that's what they thought that the red angel would know because it's the future and so she would come back before she died Died? Yeah, it did not. That doesn't no. really make sense. That's, that's not how it turns out. I will say that uh, I, I agree with you. That this episode uh, has a whole bunch of crap to get to the last five minutes or so, but I think the last five minutes are very effective. I, I agree. I think I think the last five minutes are great. I think the first five minutes where they're um, yes. doing the funeral for Arium is very good, too. And mm-hmm. then uh, the stuff in the middle, I would say, is maybe the weakest of this whole season to me. I didn't like this episode really at all up until the end. I did like that the the fact that the end twist is basically like, yeah, you guys are you guys are stupid. You guys are dummies. <laughs> you thought you knew what was going on. You do not. And the twist is nice because, you know, since I was kind of following it myself during the episode, it's like mm-hmm. when I was like, "Oh, that would really be interesting because the idea is it's first off, it is about discoveries about family it's about you know mm-hmm. Burnham and Spock, and it's about uh, all these Bur- complicated Burnham, relationships. Burnham, yeah, exactly. Burnham and Sarek has been a big part of it, and Burnham and Amanda this year too, and all of that. And so you bring into it on top of those relationships that Michael Burnham has. Now we have and Tyler, who's a secret Klingon, but and on Section Thirty One, but also mm-hmm. he is nice and has the amazing hair that he has. <laughs> he uh, does and, have amazing hair. And we throw in now her mom. And you get the story that you get the idea that even though from Burnham's perspective, her mother is dead, her mother was presumably um, in testing out this suit uh, thrown forward in time. I'm going to kind of guess that her mother ultimately is going back to where she dies. And I think that'll probably be the big cut at the end of this. Like she will have to go back and die because none of this will happen if she doesn't. Exactly. Because that's a critical moment in michael burnham's life but it, and that but, can't change but before she's doing that she's traveling the way i kind of view it is she's traveling forward on the timeline mm-hmm. in order to make sure that her daughter is safe 
and is going to be okay in the future. And maybe there's something where she gets thrown further forward and sees this terrible thing that happens and then realizes she needs to make changes in the timeline in order to set it straight. There's something going on there um, that I think we'll obviously uh, get hear more about next time but uh i like the idea that these things that we had read as somebody from the future knows that michael burnham is important and those people in that church in world war three are important and they need to be saved now maybe it's a different story where it's somebody from the past who is making these decisions uh maybe not about that church but certainly about about burnham because Mm -hmm literally it is a guardian angel it is her mother making sure that she is safe yes and i, th- I think I, I am interested to see what's gonna happen yeah uh and and find out the story behind her mother and and all kinds of wackiness yeah, and, I like she's that. Gonna, and and the ai like it, it makes sense like she wouldn't like if she was from the future she would know that this ai is like sneaking in behind her but maybe she's not even aware of that. Right. I think I think uh, most likely what's happened is that the that she has seen where the where you know she went to the future and found out everybody was dead and she's like uh oh right. I need to fix this along with you know taking care of my daughter and making sure mm-hmm. that she's safe I'm going to need to she's fix causing this. it and maybe she's unstuck in time and and part of the story is going to be that yes like we said she has to ultimately return to where she started and she is going to die, but that she's got this mission to fulfill first. It's really very interesting. And, and uh, I like that, that after all of this, it is, uh, they've managed to play us a little bit with this twist. I think that's nice. Even though I didn't particularly love this episode, I, it did end in a very interesting place for, for next week. So that, that part's good. Like I, I guess I get why they wanted to build to this moment, even though I didn't, it didn't work for me um, watching them build it. I agree. I, I think I, the middle section was very weak. It had a couple of good character well, moments. That, that's I will say this is a pretty good episode character wise. Mm-hmm. It's just all of the plot stuff that I feel like is nonsensical. <laughs> but conver- there are lots of good conversations between different characters. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote down a bunch of like there's Leland versus Saru. There's a scene of that where they're where they're talking, and then right after that, there's Burnham comes in, and there's the Burnham Leland scene, and we get Spock, mm-hmm. we get Culber in a therapy session with uh, Cornwell. Like all I the, really like that. the character stuff in this episode is really good. I mm-hmm. feel kind of like it's also there to get your eye off of the. Story. Stupid <laughs> plot machinations. Don't, don't look at the time crystals. Look at our characters. Look at the having... characters, which which are which are all good. That all, all that stuff is good, and I I, mm-hmm. I think that's to the benefit of the episode. I just got frustrated by uh, feeling them like having characters do stupid things because they they were necessary. But the end result, yes. plot wise, was pretty great, and the character stuff was solid throughout. Yeah. Yes. The, the only, and we already talked about this, the only weird character moment was Georgiou and Stamets and, and, and Colbert yeah. in uh, engineering, which just, I don't, it was very strange. Yeah, but, I, uh, I, and I do, that's my theory, is that this is this is Georgiou trying to help in her own really creepy, uh, inappropriate, <laughs> weird way. I think you're right. And uh, I and I did love that, that uh, when she leaves, Tilly just immediately just says, <laughs> what just happened? Also, there's... um. Uh, Tilly gets yelled at by Georgiou at one point and that also made me laugh so just really Tilly anything with Tilly is great yep. Tilly gets told to uh, stop talking yeah. in this, uh, yep. by Georgiou yep. just stop talking <laughs> yep. oh Tilly you're, you're a delight 
Uh, and, and, and I will, once again, uh, we should check in on Spock. How do we think oh, yes. Spock is doing? He has more. He does appear. To do he appears in this, in this episode. He continues to appear yes, in episodes. He says things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I continue to like this portrayal of Spock. He is, um, he is much more recognizably Spock. I felt in this episode, mm-hmm. especially, he was, uh, in that, that scene with Burnham, especially when they're uh, talking after she, oh, he walks in and she's punching the, yeah, mm-hmm. her, her Leland punching bag. I thought that was very Spock-like. Yes, especially I liked how he they have this conversation and he points out all these logical things and they get through this breakthrough and Burnham's like, well, thank, thank you, Spock. This conversation really helped. And Spock was like, yeah, I wasn't planning on yeah. having this conversation. I just wanted to tell you something. About, I saw some variants. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I, I, figured, I figured out what, what's going on with the Red Angel, but, you know, but this was good, too. This was fine. Yeah. It's not why I'm here, but it was fine. And I thought, oh, Spock, there you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Damn it, well, Spock. you know, damn it, Spock. Uh, so what kind of tea do you think Spock would drink? Uh, Some kind of Vulcan sand cl- tea. Clearly a Vulcan uh, tea. When he's not having the plomeek soup. Oh, yes. Um, when he throws that out of his cabin because it's not pleasing him, then I'm sure he has a soothing <laughs> uh, wildflower tea from the deserts of Vulcan. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they bloom only once a year for a short time, but they collect the petals and they make it. It is only logical to save those petals and put, put them to good use in a tea. Mm-hmm. So go to nmtco.com slash TV and thanks to them for sponsoring this episode. That's right. Buy some tea. Yeah. And next week, I don't know what's going to happen. I guess Kima I no from idea. The Wire no, no. is going to tell us what the deal is with the Red Angel or something, I suppose. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if next uh, episode is just going to tell us everything, and then they're going to have two episodes or three episodes left. Uh, no, two episodes of uh, you know just uh, walking around the starship. Yeah, that's probably a tour they're going to take. The next episode is just uh, Burnham taking her mom, who's a time traveler, on a tour of the spaceship. Mm-hmm. This meet, is where we keep our fungus. Meet our friends, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then we'll go from there. I don't, I don't know. It's it is structurally. This is a fascinating question that we've got these four more episodes, and I guess they're going to you know she's going to drop presumably lots of details about like why she's doing this, what's going on uh, in the future. Uh, presumably the section 31 ship is super compromised now that Leland's gotten mm-hmm. his needles in the eye and, uh, and that the, that means that probably they didn't prevent the AI from beaming back through. And, I think that's true. And so that that's going to lead to our big climax where they're going to have mm-hmm. to figure out how to do whatever it is they need to do. I, I do wonder if it means somebody, maybe not necessarily Berm's mom, but maybe somebody's going to need, need to take a ride to the future at some point. Oh, I don't, I don't what? know. Yeah. Go back to the future. And what? I think that, you know, our our supposition uh, that we spoke about in many episodes ago and continue to repeat about Section 31 getting their comeuppance because they've done bad things, I think, uh, you know, being infected by a future AI uh, several times uh, is probably enough for Starfleet to say maybe we should, uh, you know, put a lid on Section 31. Yeah, <laughs> Take yeah. Take their ships away. Yeah, well, and I was thinking that that might be a thing where Giorgio is basically told... Um, just we're gonna we're gonna scale you back, uh, go completely underground, or she's gonna say, "Look, I, I don't like this floating around with ships and stuff. We're just gonna go completely underground and be truly uh, secretive 
and that's going to be the resolution that like or or that this totally decimates section 31 or or destroys section 31 and she says um i'll rebuild it but we're going to do it in secret or something like that yeah yeah so everyone thinks it's destroyed but it really it has gone underground yeah can do more nefarious helpful work i don't know yeah whatever Uh, for the next the next episode is called perpetual infinity so perhaps it will i'm I'm sure we'll see more time travel hijinks i'm sure we will and that episode goes on forever forever it's like running time of like 90 hours (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna have to take a lot of notes it's one of those episodes it's gonna it's basically be the official star trek episode of those youtube videos where they just play the uh next generation engine sound effect (laughs) for 40 hours it's gonna be like that they're they're gonna uh you know sit down and in like folding chairs next to the engine the warp core and just uh take a nap Mm -hmm. yeah just like that everybody's gonna be fast forwarding waiting for the scene where they finally are done with that and they wake up and they leave <laughs> it's about 40 hours in that's right they turn off the light and that's it <laughs> actually it would be great if that was the, uh, the the episode where they uh the discovery uh is is abandoned and left in that nebula from the short treks for a thousand years and there's like just a thousand years of video of nothing happening on the uh, discovery <laughs> and and every once in a while the discovery says i'm still waiting yeah hello something hello yeah anybody I'm sentient now. That's the same thing. (laughs) Eh?